All right, welcome back to the Preps Podcast on the State Champs Podcast Network. My name is Jeff Dulac, and today I'm joined by Scott Bernstein. Scott, how you doing? Yeah, thanks, buddy. I uh, always enjoy coming in, talking talking high school football, talking the start of the season, talking uh, where players stack up against the rest of the state. Right, and you know we're, we're just a couple of days away from, from, the, from kickoff. Um, season kicks off on Thursday. We're recording this on Tuesday. Um, we'll, we'll both be at the yeah. We'll both be at the prep, prep kickoff, kickoff classic, classic. Thursday. Yep. I'm real excited for that uh, that Western West Bloomfield game. I well, like too. Western versus West Bloomfield. I, I am too. You look at those; those are two teams that have kind of benefited from some some transfers. Yeah, and, I get, and then the, you'll you'll see a couple of them prominently in the top 35 that uh, yeah. we're about to talk about. Yeah, Scott Scott's about to to release his top 35 football players in the state of Michigan. We're going to break that down in a second. Um, but you look at the prep kickoff classic, and you just there's a lot of good games this year. You know, starting on on Thursday with that Wald Lake Western West Bloomfield game, which those are two of our top ten teams in the state. I'm excited for uh, eight, Southfield A and T and Davidson too. Yeah, that that's going to be a really good game. Southfield A and T is going to surprise a lot of people this I year. Agree. They lost four high profile Division one transfers. They usually get the transfers right. in. They don't usually lose them. Right. And uh, a lot of people kind of left them for dead. Uh, but I think you know they don't have as many. Um, Names that you know, mm-hmm. but I think they're going to end up having another really strong season. And this might be the season that you know everyone expected them to go to Ford Field. You know, a handful of years ago when right. they had the, the Leonard the, Marshall, the, uh, the Lawrence great Marshalls, line. and uh, Malik McDowell's, and Malik McDowell's now in the NFL. Right, <laughs> uh, and everyone was particularly going to Ford Field, and they, they fell a little short. I, I get a feeling that this year might. You know, this this is a bold prediction, but I got a feeling that you know there's a possibility this year they could surprise people with a long tournament run. You know, there's after two, people are kind of are looking a little past them this year. Right. There's two things about that. The first, I, I look at, um, you look at Southfield A and T. It seems whenever the ex- expectations are super high, they don't quite live up to them. But whenever they're super low and nobody really expects something from Southfield A and T, my first year they, covering, they surprise you. My first year covering them in 2008. I don't know if a lot of people were. Uh, you know, picking them to, to make a, a big run. I remember they had uh, the real deal Eddie Beal at quarterback. Right. He went to the Final Four, and I covered that whole run. And I remember they were all kind of like, "Wow, we didn't uh, didn't think we'd uh, go this far." <laughs> they right. had note the team, uh, and uh, uh, that was the first time that uh, Tim Conley team went to the Final Four, and it was the uh, first Final Four for a uh, uh, for a Southfield team. So right, and then you know. Um, the Thursday, and, the Friday and Saturday games for the PKC are good ones too. I'm, I'm looking ahead to that Indianapolis Cathedral Detroit yeah. King game. I'm really looking forward to that game on Saturday. King is just uh, you got to be so impressed with how they were able to handle all yes. the adversity last year, losing their coach, coming back, breaking in a sophomore quarterback, breaking mm-hmm. in new talent. Ambry Thomas having to take over for Donnie Corley as you know, kind of the, the go-to on that team, right. and they won another state championship. They got a lot of young talent um some guys that maybe didn't make the uh top 35 but guys that you need to know about right. uh, well one guy that didn't make we'll, we'll talk about it in a second but one guy i really like that did make the top 35 uh that is getting a lot of uh, a lot of starting starting to get a lot of looks right now is junior safety marvin grant right yeah i, I saw that and you're and i'll be i'll be honest i was a little a little bit surprised with his ranking but he is getting a lot of love he is he's a guy that's yeah. really starting to take off and then i love uh, there's a sophomore i love his name is rashawn williams yes um he's, he already has a bunch of power conference officers uh, sorry a bunch of power conference offers um and we're also gonna i'm also gonna release in the uh, next couple of days a uh top 10 for the class of 2019 and a top 10 for the class of 2020 and Rayshon Williams. I'm not going to tell you where he slots, but he's in, I'll say he's in the top five of my uh, 2020. Right. And so, so it's as simple as it is, you know, get out to the prep kickoff classic. It's, it's at Wayne state. It's $10 
entry for the entire day and it's it's great football games there and you know um Scott and I will be there quite a bit this weekend and there's going to be some there's going to be some really good Michigan high school football teams on display and then a team like Indianapolis Cathedral which is the number 1 ranked team in the state of Indiana. Yep, and I went to school uh, I went to college in Indiana and I I used to uh you know assist uh assistant coach with some local prep teams there when I was in college and got to see all the talent in Indiana and uh I, I know everyone talks about uh, the state of Indiana for basketball, but there's a lot of really good football talent to come out of uh, Indiana, especially the Indianapolis area. Right. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the the state champs top 35, which uh, I put together for mm-hmm. uh, Jeff and Tom uh, Markowski, and that's gonna be released uh, later today. Yep. And probably by the time this this podcast gets yeah. out there, you'll you'll have already seen. It. I, I'll say, w- really, without a question, I've been doing these rankings for about 10 years now this was the hardest ranking i've ever had to do right that there is so much talent in in the state of michigan right now on the on the prep gridiron mm-hmm. it's scary yeah but scary good i mean right. it, there's I, I did a top 35 and there were probably uh 15 if not more 15 committed division one kids mm-hmm. who i couldn't get on that list right and I, I before we get into the list um the one thing that's really becoming um, apparent to me over the last couple of years and even looking ahead to next year and the year after is Michigan's starting to become a, a, a state known for producing high-level offensive linemen. Lyman, man, and, and, and it goes uh, up and down um, the class structure right now from, from the sophomore class up to the senior class. Uh, all three uh, sophomore, junior, and senior classes right now in the state of Michigan have some excellent uh, offensive linemen, guys that, in my opinion— uh, have the potential, you know, to, to be you know punching tickets on Sunday. Right. So before we get into that in list fu- in the future, before we get into that that list, I want to remind everybody that we are sponsored by Hungry Howie's Dough Razor. Your next fundraiser comes with a flavored crust, and we are also sponsored by Diversified Members Credit Union, the official credit union of the Detroit Lions. All right, now we're going to jump into to Scott's top thirty-five players in the state of Michigan. Um, and Scott and I had a couple of discussions about about this, um, kind of shaking out the top half of it. You know, the, the dilemma, I, just for, for the uh, listeners to mm-hmm. understand that everyone's got an opinion, everyone has their favorite players, everyone has, you know, an idea of where they think their favorite players should rank. Right. But it's always the, the quandary and the, the, the rub is always when you're making a, a top, whatever, a top 10 list or a top 50 list or a top 100 list uh, for a state, for, for high schoolers, it's, you know, you got to uh, weigh what kids are at the high school level because mm-hmm. there can be just unbelievable high school football players that put up massive stats but aren't guys that are going to be um, recruited at the college level, might not even be able to play Division Two or Division One football, maybe right. are Division Three guys. But then you get uh, other kids that maybe have only played a handful of downs at the varsity level, haven't really put up any stats, but they have 15 power conference offers. Right. So it's like, well, do you rank the kid that's never going to play college football or will only play Division Three, but ran for 2,000 yards last year? Mm-hmm. Do you rank him over the kid that's uh, who ha- maybe has only played two or three games but has a Michigan and Michigan State offer right. who you might be seeing play uh, on Saturdays? In the it's a very interesting balance because, to me, there's no right and there, right. No there's wrong no right, answer. There is no right or wrong answer. You're I, absolutely I, right. It's, it's, very, it's subjective to whatever your Look opinion is. Look at a kid uh, two years ago, Kyle Thomas. 
Yeah. Uh, from uh, Wild Lake Western. Right. He's about 5'10. But he threw for like 2,500 yards, ran for another 1,500. Yeah. yeah, Took his team to the Final Four. And, uh, you know, he, but it wasn't a kid that got any looks. uh, Or or I I can remember uh, earlier on, um, you know, maybe about um, uh, 2010 ish, Mm -hmm. 2009, Jason Fracasa. Right. Quarterback for Sterling Heights. Stevenson, the great, you know, he. Broke all the Michigan uh, High School Athletic Association passing records at that time. I think right. they were eventually some of them were broken by Alex Malzone, but mm-hmm. um, broke Fracasa. But Fracasa originally broke those records, and you know he was you know five nine and ended up going to Northwood, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and wasn't recruited by any uh, Division one schools, but obviously deserved to be talked about as a top ten player in the state. Yeah, and I and we've got I would say we've got a, a good handful of kids like yeah. that in this list. Um, and I wanted to make sure I, I got those kids in. Uh, in addition to mm-hmm. the the big power conference bound, right? Um, and you know, uh, you know, we'll talk about them a little later. But you know, uh, when I'm talking about those kids, I'm talking about the Max Whitwers and the Josh Sarnatas and the mm-hmm. David Cruzes, who are excellent, excellent right. uh, high school football players, but maybe aren't getting the Division One looks that some of these other kids are. Right, and that you know that could all change this year. You know, yep. we see some big seasons from some of these guys. Um, I know a couple of players are a couple of players on our Mister Football list are going to see time on the defensive side of the ball for the first time. Trying to to get some of the, that division one interest, and we'll see how that goes. Yep. Uh, so uh, number one player, we came out. I mean, I, I don't know if this would be controversial or not. I mean, I don't. I didn't see a lot of rankings with him as the number one player, but I was comfortable mm-hmm. putting him at number one, and that's De- Dearborn Divine Child, senior quarterback Theo Day, mm-hmm. committed to Michigan State. He is the the quintessential drop back passing prodigy, uh, six foot five, uh, cannon of an arm, great uh, pocket presence. Um, just has a real soft touch on his deep balls threw for uh, close to 2,000 yards last year and 22 touchdowns and uh, took his team to the final four and uh, really came into his own last year. I know Jeff and I saw his varsity debut. That's right. Uh, the opener for Detroit Catholic Central versus Muskegon, Muskegon that's in 2015. <laughs> Theo Day was a starting quarterback uh, at CC mm-hmm. and um, kind of got edged out of the job pretty early on in that season by right. a freshman named Austin Brown. It's also kind of interesting to think that Catholic Central, a, a program that's not known for putting out quarterbacks, they're known as a you know the the, the, right. the definition of smash mouth football. That's right. That in the fall of 2015. They had two Division One quarterbacks on their roster, and then fast forward to 2017, both those guys are at other schools. Right. Austin Brown transferred uh, last winter to uh, Madison Heights, Madison, and Theo Day left because he was because at the time he figured he wasn't going to get any playing time uh, with right. Austin Brown there, so he moved to uh, Dearborn to Mindchild. Right. Here's the thing that I like a lot about Theo Day, and I don't think he he gets enough credit for it. He is a tremendous athlete. Yeah. He's a, he's a very good pocket passer, and that's probably what will be. He was playing receiver. So at the yeah, at, at exactly. sophomore year at CC, he went from quarterback and then was playing receiver. And he became like a six three yeah. six three target at right, the time, right, which yeah. is nice for any quarterback to have. Um, so that's that's really, in my opinion, what sets him apart. He plays some defense at Divine Child, um, playing quarterback. He can throw it. He can run it. You know, I'm sure they prefer him throwing it if he can. Um, but Theo Day, to me, I think is a very uh, underrated number one player yeah. in our in our class. You know, we we look at it and like we have, we had talked. You know, there's a lot of good players that could have been number one. He has a teammate that could have been number one. We'll get to him yeah. shortly. Um, but I think Theo Day is a, is a very good candidate to be number one. But we're going to go into a little bit into the debate that we had had talking a couple of nights ago when, when you were finalizing this list. Um, first, who was the original number one player? So originally we had Kalen Gervin at number one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when I say originally, I mean in, in the first in the opening stages. mock draft or mock draft mock uh, uh, ranking that we put together a week or two ago, um, and then we were we were uh, informed by the Cast Tech football program that Keelan Gervin has what's being diagnosed right now as turf toe right. and could have a season-ending surgery, or at the very uh, best case scenario, I guess would be playing, you know, have some limited uh, uh, time on the field and would be hampered by that turf toe. So we didn't really feel comfortable putting him at number one, despite the fact that if he was healthy, you know, you could make an argument that he's the top college prospect in the whole state. He's got over 40 offers. Mm -hmm. He was committed to Notre Dame at a time. He is about a five foot 10, five foot 11 cornerback, drawing some comparisons to Charles Woodson. Um, He's that next PSL guy to to PSL shut down corner to come out of the the city. I love, if he stays healthy, I I love what he can do at the college level. Um, Last year, I believe he had about, uh, uh, let me look at what I had him for stats. Uh, I believe last season he had uh, 35 tackles, two picks, and uh, over a dozen uh, pass deflections and bat downs. So. And that, that's saying something because not a whole lot of teams even wanted to throw in his direction yeah. to begin with. So our number um, two player, you know, we, we talked about the putting him at one to be number one, and he probably will be one next year. Devonte Dobbs, a junior offensive lineman from Belleville, mm-hmm. uh, he's uh, six foot five, two hundred seventy five pounds, mobile, agile. Um, just really a, a, a beast of a road grader yes. up front, and some people can make an argument. Uh, I've, I've read some rankings where he's considered a top five player in the whole country for the class of 2019. Right. right. I mean, just listen to this this offer list that he has. I'm, I'm reading what Scott's about to post on our website. That's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Florida State, LSU, Oregon, Penn State, uh, UCLA, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Michigan State. And those are that. And, those were just really like the highlights. And There's another, right. you know, and, twenty other power conference schools. That and he's offered. going into his junior year. Yeah. This isn't a kid getting ready to be a senior. This is what his offer list. Belleville like. is just stacked right now with, with college level talent. Yeah, you know, um, so and especially in the junior class. So Devontae Dobbs is our number one junior at this point, and our number one lineman. But we have another lineman who stacks up at number three out of the class of 2018. Yeah, uh, Mark Juan McCall from Oak Park. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, you know, about uh, six foot five, three hundred and twenty pounds, and uh, he's, he's he, but he's but he's pretty fleet of foot too. You know, all these a lot of these guys, a lot of these big hoss linemen um, that we have in our in our ranks that are just athletic, uh, just uh, you know, very very accomplished already mm-hmm. with just big big upsides. A lot of these guys are are. Are, are big daddies with uh, very, um, you know, uh, very balanced, great footwork and outstanding technique. Um, and you add to just natural athleticism to it, just make these guys total packages on the line. Right. And, you know, Mark, the, here's one thing I want to talk real quick, and we'll get a little bit into it. We'll get more into it, but I was kind of surprised that Marquand McCall committed to Kentucky. And we've got Kentucky Kentucky's to make an come, impact on the state of Kentucky's Michigan. Kentucky's come into the uh, you know it's an SEC program that really hasn't been known for football. Obviously, they're known for their basketball, but they've come in here uh, real hardcore in the last couple of years. Been putting out a lot of offers, and uh, they they snared uh, two blue chippers uh, in the in the class of 2018 in, in uh, Marquand McCall and then uh, DeAndre Square, mm-hmm. the safety from Cast Tech, possibly Cast Tech's most important player yeah. uh, uh, in terms of that he's the quarterback of that defense. Mm-hmm. He calls all the signals from the secondary. Right. Um, um, kind of taking over the role that Jalen Kelly Powell played last year. I was going to get into it in a little bit, but I'll say it right now. 
we I'm looking through your top ten. We'll we'll finish off the top ten. But you have DeAndre Square ranked number nine. He's yeah. my favorite player out of this yeah. this top ten. He's he can just do everything, whether it's on offense, well mainly defense, but he can do it on offense. There's talk that he might want do some play some receiver, um, but because of his importance to the defense, he may stay on that side of the ball. Um, but he is he's a do everything type of guy. He can he can step up and play in the box. He can play in coverage. There are two there are two positions on the defensive side of the ball that are just so important in this new modern age of football in 2017. Mm-hmm. One is outside linebacker, which is kind of the new glamour position right. uh, on defense. They want guys that maybe used to be projected as receivers or tight ends, uh, guys that are six two, six three, and about mm-hmm. two fifteen, two twenty. They want them an outside linebacker now, right. and then safety. Yeah, and it kind of—I mean, I, it kind of started, I guess, in the NFL in the early 2000s with guys like Troy, Troy Polamalu right. and uh, Sean Taylor, Sean Taylor yeah. and uh, uh, Ed Reed, mm-hmm. guys that were just you know so important to, to that defense. Right, and I think it, uh, with with the emphasis on uh, uh, high octane passing attacks, which you see more so now than you've ever seen before, it's important to have those outside linebackers that can cover tight ends uh, in passing routes, cover receivers sometimes, and then mm-hmm. um, you know the safety to, to, to quarterback at the back of the defense right now going we're going to go back to number four and number four starts a, a, a run of three straight Michigan commits yeah um, we start off with Aiden Hutchinson from Dearborn Divide and Child who is the guy that we just mentioned that you could make a case for him being the top player in the state um, he, he's committed to Michigan he's a defensive end and he's just an absolute menace off the edge you know you look at a kid who just I mean I, he, he's going to Michigan following in his father's footsteps I believe um, but he has had offers from schools like LSU and Louisville and Nebraska and Wisconsin. You know, he he was a highly sought after kid. He was too. the anchor of that defense last year. They yes. went to the Final Four, and I know at least in in my time of of uh, covering the state, Dearborn Divine Child, you know, hadn't really been much of a factor. Right. Uh, and then last year they really came on like gangbusters, and mm-hmm. and Day and Hutchinson were big reasons. Quinn Blair is another one. Yeah. A two sports star that you yeah, know basketball really players, right? basketball and and on football, but. Um, Hutchinson had 70 tackles and 11 sacks last year, and uh, you know he's probably the best pure pass rusher uh, in the state of Michigan. Right. Um, then we go with a couple of offensive linemen at five and six. Uh, Jalen Mayfield from Grand Rapids Catholic Central. He's committed to Michigan, and Ryan Hayes from West, uh, Traverse, Traverse City West, who's also committed to Michigan. Right. And then, um, but here's the one thing about Ryan Hayes that we're going to see this year: he is a he's going to play some tight end. He's got some soft hands. He is a he is a true athlete. We talked a little bit about this on our Mister Football podcast. Um, but Ryan Hayes is a guy that that can do a little bit of everything. He's going to be a menace. Um, and and Hayes is another one of these kids that, uh, in this day and age, it's very common to see kids, you know, start a, you know kids that are really being uh, hyped at a very young age, uh, kids that are fourteen, fifteen, and, and already getting uh, Division one offers, and some in some cases already getting power conference offers. Right. But uh, it's it's more of a rarity now to see kids <clears throat> finish up their junior year without any. Uh, offers or power conference offers, and then in between their uh, the summer, in between their junior and senior year, or off season in between their junior and senior year, they start to flood in. Um, and that was the case with Ryan Hayes. That was the case with Mike Fertney, mm-hmm. who's going to Wisconsin uh, from Milan, and uh, he's also on this top thirty-five. Um, but I, I, I like uh, that. That that makes me feel good when I see that because you know not every kid at fifteen, you know, 
I don't, it's almost unfair in some ways <laughs> to look at a 14 and 15 year old right. kid and be like, you're destined for the SEC. You know, maybe they are, but that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. And I, 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 I enjoy to see the hard, I enjoy when I see the hard work and the dedication, the determination pay off uh, for these kids like a, like a Ryan Haynes, who, right. who I don't think really had any real interest uh, until after his junior year. And then all of a sudden last uh Last, the end of last winter, last spring, um, he just you know had, got, just got a flood of, of big-time offers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to drop down to number seven now. Number seven is a guy that Scott describes as the best junior skill position player in the state, or could be, um, Julian Barnett out of Belleville. Which is interesting because I, I saw him last year as a – what's interesting about him is that I saw him last year as a wide receiver. I was blown away. Now, 6'2", 185, 4'5", four, speed, 4'4", four, four speed, great hands, um, just really seemed to dominate uh, pass coverage in the one game I saw. Uh, and then I saw some tape on him, talked to some uh, coaches at Belleville, and they were talking about you know what a stud deep threat he is. And he is a stud deep threat. Right. It looks like, though, some of these power conference schools that are be coming after him this summer are starting to uh, – throw out the idea that maybe that they like him as a cornerback. Absolutely. And this is another thing of what we, what I said about a couple minutes ago. He you know, they want big corners now because receivers are are bigger now and and obviously there's more of an emphasis on a passing game. They want cornerbacks that are 6263. And if we go down the list a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, into my uh, I believe in my teens or my 20s, in the into the 20s, we have a, a Vincent Gray from Rochester Hills uh, Adams, who's a six-two corner that's mm-hmm. going to the SEC to Missouri, yep. uh, and people just like I said, they just love the fact that uh, the, you know receiver size for for corners, right? And I think we're getting to a point where quarterbacks are are able to just throw jump balls and because they they have some yeah because so, you, so, you have a six-three receiver on a five-ten right. or five-nine corner, which is like an average size for a corner, I would say is five-ten. Right. Yeah, and you need, and some of these some of these schools, and it's becoming a, a bigger and bigger trend that they want to match up better size-wise. Yeah, so especially so, in the red zone and things like that. So Barnett's already got offers from Alabama, Auburn, Notre Dame, uh, Georgia. Um, so, I mean, he's going to end up at a big-time school. I guess the question now is whether he ends up as a wide receiver or as a cornerback. But I, I, this kid's such a such a, uh, a stud that I don't think it matters either way. Right. Um, Ovia Gofu, the Farmington Hills outside linebacker, is at number eight. Mm-hmm. He's another one of these, you know, prototype outside – I would say new-age prototype outside linebackers. Right. 6'3", 215, just very sleek, you know, runs like a deer. Uh, it's got, uh, you know, really good instinct sideline to sideline, gets to the ball. And uh, last year he had uh, about 65 tackles and six sacks, I believe. Right. I feel like Ovi goes overlooked a little bit. He kind of got his recruiting out of the way really, early. really early. Yeah, he, he, he and committed. not a whole lot of people have paid enough attention he to him. He committed before his junior year to yeah. Notre Dame. And, you know, to his credit, uh, he's been one of these kids that has really uh, adopted the um, – the culture of his future college at a really uh, you know early on and has been like uh, like like almost like another recruiter. Right. He's out there on social media at mm-hmm. camps, right. just recruiting all these other uh, kids to, to to come into the fold at Notre Dame mm-hmm. and be part of uh, the the resurgence under or under Brian Kelly. But uh, just you know every every time I'm looking at his social media, he's he's out there pumping up Notre Dame, hyping up Notre Dame. Just seems really excited to go be a part of the Fighting Irish tradition. And, and who wouldn't be excited about that? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, number nine is DeAndre Square, who we already talked about. Number uh, ten is is a. Really intriguing player, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, Jalen Franklin, 
Um, Mr. Everything. He does really does it all. Started a quarterback last year, also played outside linebacker. I believe as a sophomore started at wide receiver. Um, it looks like Wisconsin, he's committed to Wisconsin. It looks like Wisconsin's telling people they want him as a hybrid tight end. Right. Um, so he also plays in the, I think he also is a sophomore. He played safety. So he really played a lot of different positions. It's very versatile, very long and athletic. Um, is one of these kids that uh, the measurables at the at the combines he, he scores very high, right? Um, and then you look at him on the field, and he just is a very intelligent football player that just you know has a knack for making plays on offense and getting the ball wherever it is on defense, right? And the, here's the thing that I like a lot about Jalen Franklin is um, I'm reading your your list, uh, and he had over 1,500 yards of. of fifth, over 1,500 yards Combined. from scrimmage, and he still had enough energy and enough yeah. left in the tank for 86 tackles okay. and 10 sacks. Exactly. It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, a different position, but uh, remember uh, a couple years ago in Oxford, Prescott line. Mm-hmm. He ran for like 3,000 yards on offense and had like 150 tackles on defense, and you just, you know, you'd, you'd watch him in a game and he'd be, you know, he'd run for 275 yards and then uh, go, he'd go over on defense and, and get 15 tackles, and you'd be like, where does this energy come from? Right. He's at SMU now. Yep. And then just so everybody knows, Kalen Gervin, who we had talked about being number one, uh, Kalen Gervin dropped number 11. Um, he is probably the best number eleven player we've, we've ever had, <laughs> that we've ever had. Um, I hope I hope for Kalen's sake he's on the field more often than not this right. year. And we were wrong for put, pushing him down, right. but we heard from Coach Wilcher that there's a chance that he could have uh, surgery, which would just be a real bummer if he had to miss his senior year. Right. So we're going to stop at the top ten. And if if you want to see Scott's complete list of thirty five, go to www.statechampsnetwork.com. Um, those that'll be up today on Tuesday. Um, but we're going to go through a couple more. I want to ask you, Scott, and this is a little bit putting you on the spot, but who are some of the one or two guys who are ranked between 11 and 35 who you really think could have a breakout year this year? Um, well, I, one of the names that pops out, and this is another example of someone that maybe hasn't done a lot so far on the high school a gridiron, but is projected to, and that's Spencer Brown uh, mm-hmm. over at Wald Lake Western, Michigan State commit. Um, he was over at Wald Lake Northern last year. I uh, started at Wald Lake Northern on a on a playoff team, but you know, uh, all due respect to, to Wald Lake Northern, they're not really uh, known as a, a, right. a football superpower. Right. People aren't, you know, the scouts aren't uh, running to to go to <laughs> Wald Lake Northern right. to, to look for players. Uh, Spencer Brown made a a move over to Wald Lake Western. Even before that uh, transfer, he was on the on the camping circuit and just started to really turn heads. He is uh, six foot six, almost three hundred pounds. Very light on his feet, mm-hmm. very strong, very, very hungry. One of these kids that's just a workout, uh, a workout warrior. Not in the sense that uh, um, that he only does, uh, only only excels at workouts, but a workout warrior in the sense that he seems like he's always in the gym, he's always training, he's always uh, trying to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and he he picked up just uh, another one of these kids that went from uh, zero to a hundred uh, very quickly. <laughs> went from no offers, uh, and then he got a couple MAC offers in the winter and then by March they started flooding and then he got about two dozen power conference offers and about, and, about uh, a span of like three weeks Yeah, or so. committed to Michigan State and I expect him to have a really big year this year um, clearing the way for a, a new quarterback over at Wild Lake yeah. Western, Sam Johnson um, and, 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 the, and the running back core over there. I think, I think Brown will have a, a big year. Um, Here's a guy I want to I mention um, 
with kind of going back to what you were talking about, the balance between a high-level um, recruit and uh, just a, a very productive high school football player, uh, you have him ranked number 20, Rayshon Allen from oh Orchard Lake St. Mary's. I had to put him in there. Again, this is not a kid that had uh, any power conference Going to offers. Lehigh is where he's committed He's going to, to Lehigh. He's a 4.2 GPA. He had all uh, kind of uh, mid-majors, Patriot Leagues, Ivy Leagues coming after mm-hmm. him. But, you know, him and Tariq Reed. Um, you know, neither of them, either of them, or sorry, sorry, neither of them may end up at the power conference level or even at the Division One A level. Right. But both of them are monstrosities in the backfield. Mm-hmm. They are complete and total terrors. I'm talking about straight ahead runners that love contact, that get through the tackles, that 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 never, you know, their legs never stop churning. They got noses for the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just the quintessential old school running backs. Both of them ran for over, I think they were the only two backs in the state to run for over 2,000 yards last year. Um, and they, they just, they, they both impress me so much, um, despite the fact that maybe, you know, Michigan and Michigan State aren't knocking on their door. Right, absolutely. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that I really, um, he, he's, he's a guy who I kind of expect a little bit more recruiting for, but I think he's going to end up being. Per- he said to me, I interviewed him, and he okay. said, he's one of these kids, and it's, it's interesting because uh, another kid that went to Lehigh told me the same thing a couple years ago uh, for basketball, um, Austin Price mm-hmm. from um, Country Day, and he, I believe he starts for Lehigh on the basketball floor right now. That's right, yeah. And uh, they both told me, and uh, Rayshon echoed what Austin told me a couple years ago. Rayshon said to me, listen, um, there's a good chance I'm not going to make it to the NFL. I, I want to make it to the NFL, and right. I hope I do, but uh, Lehigh has one of the best engineering programs in the country, and I want to be an engineer, and uh, so I'm going to go there, you know, for the fact that they're a great one double A football program, mm-hmm. they won their Patriot League. They won the Patriot League last year. Um, he's going there to get to, to get an education, to get an engineering degree, and to go play football. It's not one of these things where you have to uh, love. He's that going mentality. there, and he's he, he, he's intending to leave in two years for the NFL. You you have to love that mentality because yeah. we we've come to a day and age. In, in college sports, I don't want to go too far off track, but a guy like Cardale Jones, who, you know, I didn't come here to play school. Yeah, or look and, at Josh Rosen. And, Josh Rosen, yeah, the you, quarterback. You for can't Luke. necessarily criticize them for saying that. I don't, or at least for Josh Rosen, I don't disagree with anything that he said. Right. That's just reality. Right. It's sad but, that we haven't, you know, where all these kids are going to school and they're not really going to school. They're going to become, right. you know, they're almost paraprofessionals. Right. But you have to give a ton of credit to guys like Rayshon Allen who are, who are, not that self-aware and that self-aware exactly that they are willing to say there's, you know my, my football career could end in the next four or five years but there's just so many i have to that, get my education yeah. in order so i set the rest of my life up and um, you, you gotta give a lot of credit to a kid like that. unfortunately um there aren't a lot of 17 years 17 year olds that are that have that much self-awareness oh, and that much understanding of Might not the way the game is played two year olds right not some 30 year olds 40 year olds <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you give a lot of credit to that, and uh, Austin uh, Price told me the same thing, and he was going there for engineering. I right. believe he's close to getting his engineering degree, so hopefully he can go off and uh, and find a career playing pro basketball. But if he can't, just like Rayshon Allen, he's going to go out and have a very successful career as a professional, uh, in, you know, in the business world. That's awesome. All right, I just want to take a uh, uh, shout out one more guy for someone that I'm looking for a breakout season in the back end of my of my top 35, and um, it's kind of strange to say that the number 31 player uh, in, in the state is going to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. You right. think that someone that shows you how strong these these the, this talent crop we have mm-hmm. in the state of Michigan right now that someone that's going into the uh, 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 not just a Big Ten school but a, a, a Big 
Ten power, right. I can't get in the top 30. But he's 31. A.J. Abbott from West Bloomfield transferred over. He's a wide receiver. Transferred over uh, to the Lakers from Northville in the KLAA. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten where, a chance to see him play the last couple of years. Yeah, so last year he, he, he threw for it's – like, it's almost unfair to say I'm looking for a breakout year from him. <laughs> but, you know, he was kind of in the shadows last year. He caught uh, 46 balls for, for 900 yards. But uh, he he only I use the word only lightly, but only <laughs> had six touchdowns. But uh, he's co- he's coming in to a um, West Bloomfield offense that's going to be getting a lot of exposure. You're going to be seeing him and hearing about him a lot more than you did at Northville. And he's got a, a, a an offense that's the definition of power packed and uh, and firepower right. uh, with Bryce Veasley, the Bowling Green um, commit at quarterback, and literally um, almost a half a dozen. Uh, college-bound receiving targets. Right. He's going to probably be number two, or at least number maybe 1A or 1B right. with Taj Mustafa, um, another receiver from who's West ranked Bloomfield. Who's ranked number 30. Who's also going to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I think because of the the, the program um, being a little bit more high-profile, Taj got some, some some a little bit more love last year. Um, uh, in, in the in the headline department, mm-hmm. and this year I think AJ Abbott, even though he had a big year last year, I think he's going to come out, and more people are going to know about him. He's going to have a, I think he's going to, I think he's going to have more touchdowns than six. I I predict ten touchdowns apiece from Taj and uh, AJ, right. and uh, just um, uh, I I I predict a very very memorable season for mm-hmm. West Bloomfield and a season for West Bloomfield where they vanquish some of these playoff ghosts Demons. that have uh, haunted them uh, in the last couple of years. Right. Uh, a program that wasn't known for making the playoffs at all and then has kind of transformed into a uh, close to or if not a state power in the last three, four years, but uh, have gone into the playoffs, uh, canceled those years with a lot of expectations and kind of fizzled out early. I can't wait to see West um, Bloomfield. This Thursday. year, it's, re- you know, I, I don't say this a lot, but really, with the kind of talent they have on the field this year, it's Ford Field or bust. I mean, this team doesn't make a long run in the in the state tournament. It, it, it wasn't a successful year, and I know that uh, all those guys, uh, Veasley, uh, Mustafa, mm-hmm. Abbott, a guy like Lance Dixon, who who's a just a, 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 an up and coming junior um, linebacking mm-hmm. prospect that's getting a lot of love right now. Another one of these kids. He only played uh, two. He only started two games as a sophomore and had a huge off season. And uh, I, I really believe that this is this is going to be the year for West Bloomfield to, right. to really make some noise. And Ron Bellamy, the head coach there, to uh, kind of solidify his, his spot as one of the top coaches in the state. Right. You know, I want to talk about that real quick. I know I go off topic uh, probably too often, but you look at Ron Bellamy, and when he showed up to West Bloomfield. Um, with a team that that wasn't very good, uh, you know they had some. Yeah, a couple of years there really, where really he just struggled, years. and you know you, 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 they had college talent on that team mm-hmm. and those rosters, and they just they couldn't put it all together. And we would talk about it, be yeah. like, you know, what, why can't West Bloomfield kind of everyone get on the same page? Then and all of a sudden, Ron Bellamy took some some heat for took that. heat for it. Yeah, he took uh, heat from us, right? Yeah, and from, I told him that too. Yeah, yeah. And I love Ronnie, and I think Ronnie does a great job, and uh, mm-hmm. those kids really. Um, uh, gravitate to him and connect with him, mm-hmm. and you know he's a guy. And sometimes it gets a little uh, labored this point, but I mean it, it's true. He played in the NFL, yep. played for Lloyd Carr at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know was a, was a wide receiver uh, at the college level and at the pro level, and and uh, just he knows how to develop talent. He's done a fantastic job of taking that program from what it was just a handful of years. They only ago. made the now it's now it's now it's, it's a boomer bust if they make it to Ford Field. Or really, I mean they, they, they only they had only made the playoffs two times in school 
history. They've made it three years in a row. They had an undefeated regular season two mm-hmm. years ago. Um, I believe they had back-to-back seasons when they were uh, ten and one, ten and one, I believe, or nine and nine and one, ten and zero. Oh, or uh, last year they, they kind of fell back a little bit to the pack. I believe they finished six and five, but. Um, just uh, want to talk about clicking on all cylinders in terms of you know uh, what they've got in the arsenal right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited to see them go up against Wild Lake Western, a team that has uh, seen the mountaintop. Uh, went to uh, went to Ford Field last year, um, so it will be exciting. But I, I really expect a lot from West Bloomfield this year. I think they expect right. a lot from themselves. Uh, expect a lot from themselves. Right. Um, I'm going to throw out one last name before we wrap things up here. Um, and it's a guy who has played football for a total of one year, and it's Davion Williams oh from God. Belleville. You, you, and you look at, we talked about how, how loaded Belleville he's was. Like a lot, you should three players in the top 14. And mention Elijah Collins, too, if and, you're going to mention Davion. Elijah Collins. Kids that didn't understand that, <laughs> the kids that started off with the idea that basketball was their future, mm-hmm. and by the time they were 16 years old, uh, they started to realize that maybe we we uh, project better at the college level as football players, right. and we didn't even have any idea we could play football. Right. So, so you look at starting off with Davion Williams. You look at a kid who has played one year of high school football, and that was good enough to get him a Michigan State offer. And yeah. Michigan State wanted him so badly that Coach Mark D'Antonio went to Tom Izzo, and they talked about. When the football season is over, Davion, come play for the basketball. Well, I saw him play as a basketball uh, basketball player as a sophomore. I remember so, I ranked him in my he's a great point guard. T- yeah, I ranked him in my top thirty. I think going into last year as a junior, um, I thought his 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 future was a, was at the on the hardwood mm-hmm. in college because he was such a smooth uh, operator in the backcourt when I saw him at Belleville. But uh, you know, it's it's again, it's one of these things where would you, you know how many six two uh, point guards are there? Well. There are a ton of them. How many six two two corners? Not a ton. You're more of a commodity. And like we were just saying before, what what coaches, what college coaches are looking for in 2017, he's right in that wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And Elijah Collins, another one of these, he doesn't have that the size uh, that uh, that Davion has. But Elijah Collins is someone that you know we you know his brother Gary Collins. Uh, had had played right. basketball. I forgot at, about his brother at, uh, at at Jesuit. He came up. I believe he played uh, varsity as a freshman. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, basketball as a freshman yep. on those teams. Won a state championship as a sophomore on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. And then last year, uh, I believe it was his first year of varsity football. He might have played. Uh, I think he might have played as a sophomore. I, th- I think he played some football as varsity football as a sophomore. Okay, well, he didn't really make any well, yeah, name for himself until last year. year. Uh, ran for um, uh, almost two thousand yards. Yeah, eight, eight, almost nineteen hundred. Had twenty touchdowns, sixteen of them on the ground, mm-hmm. and uh, just he went from uh, maybe kind of an open question about whether or not it was football, basketball, to uh, this past off season where it, it was obviously it was going to be football. He can play running back, he can play linebacker, he can play in the secondary, and uh, he's narrowed he's narrowed his choices down to a top six. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue, Pittsburgh, and Mississippi, Mississippi State. And I, I know when I've been told that Michigan State love, loves Elijah Collins, they they really want him and um, are making him a priority in the recruiting game. So it just shows you with with these two guys who started off their high school careers as basketball players and, and really well-known basketball players. When I first saw Elijah Collins play basketball, my my only thought was, wow, watch, the, watch this guy you know grow two or three inches and he's going to be you know a high-level yeah. basketball recruit. And it, it, 
Well, if you're playing on the varsity at Jesuit as a freshman, right. basketball, I mean, you're you're pretty talented, right? And and instead, he's he's a prototypical sized running back. Now he's going into a senior year. And my opinion, we talk a lot about our Mister Football candidates. Elijah Collins is a Mister Football candidate, and I really think that he's going to be a guy that that sneaks up on some guys, and I think he'll be in our Final Four, and he's gonna he's gonna. Um, at least make a good run at winning the award. And That's just the type of player he's become. On the other side of uh, of that spectrum, Travion Maddox from Novi, yes. who is a kid who has made the decision to play basketball mm-hmm. over football. Right. And that, I think, was actually the other way around. Mm-hmm. I think he started off as football is my future. Right. And then uh, at some point uh, last uh, winter, I think he kind of decided that maybe it's more basketball. This summer, he got offers uh, Division One offers for both sports, um, and I, he's actually one of the uh, kids, uh, a, a rare breed of kid in my opinion, where um, I don't really lean either way. I think right. Travion Maddox would be a great Division One football player, and I think, and he I think he'll a be a bit. really good Division One basketball player. He grew he's a little six bit, five. Yeah, he grew a little bit. So he's not one of these kids like we said. Basketball with, mold right. a little bit better, but he's also not yeah, one of these. Plays, I mean, he plays receiver, right? But he's not one of these kids like we said who is you know six two. Well, six two guards are a dime a dozen. Right. Six five guards aren't necessarily right. a dime a dozen, and six five wide receivers aren't a dime a dozen. Right. So uh, I think he's one of these kids that you know. Uh, I, I wouldn't always say this where, you know, you, you can't go wrong, but he couldn't go wrong with what he chose. He chose Oakland University. He's going to play for Greg Campy, mm-hmm. and it's probably a uh, nice fit for him. It's a nice fit, and it's probably, uh, frankly, I think if Travion Maddox would have left his recruiting open for basketball um, through his senior year into the spring, he, he I think he could have got some Big Ten offers. Absolutely. All right, well, that does it for this episode of the Preps Podcast here on the State Champs Podcast Network. Um, if like, Again, if you're looking for our top 35 Michigan high school football players, go to www.statechampsnetwork.com. Scott will have his top 35 posted to the website. Look for Scott's top sophomores, top juniors blog on the website. That's under Bernie's Bites. You can follow him on Twitter at Bernie's Tweets. Um, and Scott will be in here all season long doing these podcasts with us. Um, and we're going to be breaking down all the best news from, from football and probably some basketball here and there as well. So until, Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Until next time, we'll talk to you later.